Hello, 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 hello. Welcome. Hi. What's up? The motion in the ocean has the potion to the Goshen. You should be all warmed up since you did all the saber intros. Um, So are you going to apologize to me? Apologize to you for... For, uh, For making a dumb assumption based on... Something that uh, that you um, said. You mean about the scheduling thing? Yes. What do I need to apologize for? I, I didn't blame you or anything. Well, you were a little bit like... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You you seemed a little pissed off when I, when I was like, I can't do it. And you were like, but you told me you could. And then I went through the chat, and it was pretty clear you had nothing to do with that. To me, it was clear the other way. So you want to go through what the chat no. said? Because we had a prever- previous conversation. Yes. Where I had said, "Are you w- willing to be flexible like you were for the Lost Abbey?" That is not what you said. Not not in the one that was on that day, but previous to that, before I had talked with setting up the final date. I don't remember having any conversation like that. Okay. You say we did. This is what you said. Would you be up for a guest host show like the Tommy one? Still need to nail down time, but that's the date, 526. I, we had another conversation, but... And so, but, but what happened was, Jeff, uh, you know, I told him, yeah, sure. Um, guest host show with another brewer? Absolutely. And then Jeff set it for Tuesday afternoon, right in the middle of the workday. Because Jeff can get off whenever he wants. I can't. Dude, I, know, I know you can't. I was going to let this go. Do you want me to? I mean, there was a conversation where I said, do you something along the line? So I don't want to say something along the lines of, but. The intent was, and maybe my intent wasn't clear, and it was not just the one that we both saw in the chat from like last Friday or whatever it Mm -hmm. was. It was prior to that, and it was, is it okay if we set our, you know, say we're available for whenever they are type thing? And, And then this chat was just reconfirming that, but I wasn't clear enough in reconfirming apparently, so... I, I don't recall that. It, it, I, that is somewhat possible, but I would have probably said, "Well, let's f- not like yes, absolutely, but you know, we'll see when it when we can do it." Right. So I thought I was asking you if you could do any time. Yeah. You thought I was asking if I, you could do it. You said like before. You told me like later it was like going to be before the, his event. So it's like sure we'll do it like five. And you seem to think, oh, no, you can just, <laughs> he's an IT director, too. He can just fuck off whenever he wants to from work. Okay. <sighs> um, so you, uh, speaking of fucking off from stewing stuff, you wanted to get out of town today. Heather wanted to get out of town. 
that was the main uh yeah so we she was pissed off because I she wanted me to take off Friday and I didn't land until like 10.30 Friday morning and apparently that was too late to do whatever so she was unhappy all day yesterday she decided she wanted to leave this morning but had no idea where so we decided to get, go up to Erie it's far enough away kids wanted a hotel with a pool so we got up there went to Prescott State Park you know and while we're there we start looking for hotel rooms there's no fucking hotel room in, the, in Erie there was, there was like three hotel rooms in Erie mm-hmm. two of them were like $350 a night in Erie and then one was like a hot wire $100 a night one and a half star hotel right so we started spreading the net a little bit further and still couldn't find squat and uh all that weekend yeah who would have thought <laughs> so we just decided to come home so yeah I had cancelled and then uncancelled probably all before I heard from you so yeah. it was very, it was funny because I you know I looked at myself just cancelled alright later uh, we're not cancelled <laughs> okay I mean if you had plans you know we could have yeah. done something else but uh that's why I sent it. I'm like, if you haven't made plans, we could do still do this. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Erie really didn't seem that far away. We drove all the way up to Erie and back today. It seemed shorter than I recall. Well, it's like an hour and a half, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. It seemed. I used to think it was like a hair over two hours, and it seemed a lot longer to do yeah. such a thing. Maybe when I was a kid or whatnot. So, what do you think of Jade Helm Fifteen? I don't know what Jade Home 15 is. You have not heard about the Texas takeover? No. Oh, man. Uh, you and you're not following the ridiculous, uh, crazy, wacky news story. The, the, all the right wing... Oh, oh, the, the training thing. Yes. Okay, so I, I did hear a little <laughs> bit about the training thing. Um, it's a conspiracy guy making... Uh, but there are like there are legitimate politicians. I mean, legitimate in quotation marks. Mm-hmm. But like pe- even people like Ted Cruz, who, I mean, he's an idiot, but he's a legitimate politician, are like giving this credit and giving this like ridiculous conspiracy mm-hmm. theory. Okay, mm-hmm. The governor of Texas is saying <laughs> dumb things about it, or maybe it's not the governor. Of Texas. Maybe the other governor of Texas is the one who's saying. No, don't be an idiot. But someone is, mm-hmm. someone with lots of power in that area is being like, "This is this this is the the government trying to take over." <laughs> oh, and Jeff is busy dealing with his. <laughs> he he f- finally learned how to do the Rubik's cube, and so now he just can't put it down. I can't put it down. It's pretty addicting. I'm trying <clears throat> to do it faster. Right, I'll put it up here. I'll give it to you. Take it away from me. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I watched a video online about this thing, and it, it led me to, to to sort of rethink about rethink the concept. And I realized that the, the video was right, and I was sort of wrong about this. This is the idea. Well, the question is, well, what happens when my hand touches this? Right? Mm-hmm. Do they actually touch? 
Define touch. <laughs> Part of the problem is, yes, define touch. But I think that in any way you can define touch that... that Touch is a macroscopic concept, isn't it? Yeah, in any way that you can define touch that, that, that works in both a macroscopic and, micros- and, and quantum sense, yes, absolutely they touch. Uh, yes, two atoms touch. They can touch. And the way that, that you can think about this is there is, when you get two atoms or two molecules or whatever close together, there's an attractive force. It's a Van der Waals attractive force between them. And then they get close enough that there's going to be the Pauli exclusion principle that's going to try to push them apart. Mm-hmm. So there is then actually a point, a kind of boundary at which those forces are exactly balanced. And that for all intents and purposes is touching. And the reason why you can say that is because if you have these atoms like that, like one on top of the other, mm-hmm. and you push down on one of them, it will deform the second one. So you're doing essentially, you're taking two balls and you're pushing down that will deform Right, the second one. But so there's, there's still space in there. That's where it gets tricky. There's right? still space in there, but I mean, there's still space when I touch mm-hmm. the you know my computer or the table on that same. Right. So I mean, level. you do have to define touch, yeah, right? Right. Because you're defining touch as when you add force, it moves and or deforms. Well, I'm defining touch as as the point that the things are touching when there is no net attractive or repulsive force. But when those are when those are in balance, that's contact. That's when things are touching. And then you can you can apply additional force one way or the other. And cause a deformation. Okay, I think that scales up enough that it sort of works. Okay. But so, yeah, so the idea is, yeah, when you clap your hands, yeah, you are actually clapping your hands. Your hands are touching. I mean, you can say that it's just electromagnetic fields, and it is, but they're still, I mean, touching by any any way you want to define it. Mm-hmm. That, that, that makes a certain amount of sense on both scales. Well, that's good. Okay. I mean, I agree with you. Yeah. It is. It's an interesting concept. I don't have anything really to expand upon it. We should record this on the backup. Yes, we should. There we go. The Wild West days of streaming are continuing. Star Wars and Marvel may be thinking about their own TV channels, but what will be what what we would call TV channels, but is now probably we would call them a streaming service. Okay. Why do you call it the Wild West days or continuing? No. Because it's because there really is no there's no Hilton right now, right? There's no any of these any of these uh, sal- saloons could turn into the next Hilton. We don't know. That's why there's Yahoo, and that's why there's Netflix, and that's why there's yeah. Hulu, and and that's why people have the capability to make. Do you think there's networks. going to be the next Hilton? I yeah, I, I think that that's. Or is it democratized enough that anyone can create a show? Well, I, th- I think that there is a there's a period where there's a whole lot of uh, competition until things sort of they uh, they fall into a, an easier configuration, a less 
energetic configuration, if you will. Uh, and then that stabilizes for a while until something from outside destabilizes it. So, right, right. But now, what? What if you? What if I say, you know, what if we were in a world of continual disruption now, and it doesn't stabilize? There's always will be innovation. I don't think that's the. I mean, I don't think that's the way that that, that uh, sectors work. I don't. I don't think you can apply continual disruption to a space. Trying to figure out a, a good way, to or put if it. it's not disruption, it might. I would then maybe try to describe it as people are going to quickly become accustomed to seeking out the content, and it doesn't need to be aggregated in one or two centralized places. I don't agree because I don't see that as a trend that has happened before. Even with the web, thousands of different sites, mostly now you get them mm -hmm. aggregated. You know, the, the way they're aggregated is slightly different. Well, okay, but so it's... aggregation is not the right word. I was thinking more of the content. Per... Well, what am I thinking about? So I'm thinking of podcast, right? I mean, it's very – the producers are all over the place, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of big media. There's a lot of medium-sized media. There's a lot of independent – us doing yes. podcasting. And sure, there's a few aggregators. That's the client side. There's, but let's see. So there is the catalog that's in iTunes where I guess Hulu would kind of be an example of an aggregator for streaming, right? Something like that where... I suspect that there, you know, there's no... Because Hulu is more of a company that does its own streaming. But, it, I mean, it aggregates broadcast content for streaming yes but it, it but it doesn't it's not, it doesn't you know content creator. doesn't well, link they, you to netflix stuff it doesn't link no. you to amazon stuff there's not really like a search engine for viewable content i mean besides google i mean so, so aside from i mean there's there's shows on youtube mm-hmm that's democratized. That's just like podcasting, right? Right. But there's not shows shows on YouTube. Right. You know, I mean, there's not the Netflix style. Sure. So, so I guess the difference is the cost to produce a cable quality show can't be supported by the Netflix model. No, it can be supported by the Netflix model. I'm sorry, not Netflix. The, YouTube the Hulu, model. Yeah, the YouTube, YouTube model. model. Yeah. I mean, that's what it seems like as of now. question would be, why can't it? I, I guess... So, yeah, why can't it? So, I just heard a, 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 show, a podcast with uh, Reed Hastings... That's the Netflix guy, right? Is that his name? No idea. Okay, the CEO of Netflix. Talking about content, how streaming spread out, all this stuff. And... You know, it, it, I don't want to say this. It just seems like 
these streaming services are since they're you have to watch it in our player type thing it's really no different than cable tv you know like on the get guest subscribed to the channel type thing right you know um where if you want, so you, here's how you disrupt that you make content that's available in an you know like on youtube and you make that revenue stream be able to support the the production of cable quality shows well yeah, that's an easy thing to say oh here's how you do it how do you do it well if I, but i think that's kind of the that that's a pathway that takes so shows aren't making it the cable now because they're able to be made on yahoo or netflix or amazon right and the next step is shows won't be made on these proprietary so shows are made on PlayStation. I mean, there's shows that are made on Xbox. There's shows mm-hmm. that are made on all types of things. Sony has its own network called Crackle that makes yeah. stuff. Right. But, okay, yeah, but it's it's just another 500 cable channels. You know, you yeah. have to go and you actually have to... It'd be like subscribing to premium packages. For, you know, you don't get them until you go add them. Where if these move to the platform that everyone's using, like YouTube, then it's even more accessible. So I think the disruption will come from instead of needing to subscribe to Netflix and have Amazon Prime Mm -hmm. and well, Yahoo's free to watch, right? Um, What's the other one? Hulu, Hulu, Hulu Plus, or whatever. You know this con- content that is cable show quality content may start showing up on YouTube. Google would love it, right? You know, and they would probably—I haven't looked into it, but I would suspect—to to actually get some of that market back, they would give the content producers pretty good ad revenue. Google I, I, hates being the underdog on things like this. You should see how they're competing against Amazon and Amazon and, and cloud computing. They're behind. Mm-hmm. And they're working feverishly to not be behind, even though Amazon's pretty good at what that doing this stuff. Yeah, so. but I don't know whether Google considers content of that nature their primary goal. I mean... They don't need Yahoo wants it because Yahoo wants to drive traffic to their site. Google doesn't need traffic driven to them. I always could use more traffic though. So you get a content producer instead of doing your next show on Amazon or Netflix. I mean, I, I think I think YouTube is doing plenty well with what it does, which is do you know have personalities and stuff do their own sure little and, and that shows. if it got the next um, House of Cards. You'd probably change your tune. I would be. I would be shocked if. If I mean, I guess not shocked, but I'd be. I'd be a little surprised if YouTube went that direction because I don't. Uh, see like it. I'm not saying YouTube's going to be the content creator, or I'm not saying Google's going to be the content creator. They could be. I'm not saying they won't be either. I'm saying they're going to lure a content creator to release the show on YouTube instead of selling it to Netflix or Amazon. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if the next House of Cards is going to be on YouTube or not. 
not the very next but the, the, online the, the, hit. The, the, but but the point is that there's there's such a wide amount of possibilities for for there to be it that it's like you know I I certainly see that Disney can make their own Star Wars slash Marvel or both of them into or you know a Disney streaming service that does has a Marvel channel and a mm-hmm. Star Wars channel and I can totally see how they can fill those up with lots of stuff and I'm sure DC will do the same. Right. Be interesting to see how what the model is for the Marvel one. Like you know, Max was getting you know, all these superheroes, right? So like I looked on the app store and found a Marvel app. But the more like the comic books are like pretty expensive yes. in the Marvel app Marvel app. And I never got any for you know for Max because who wasn't sure if he'd really be into a comic book. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I, we, talk, we discussed previously, I don't like reading right. comic book formats. I find it difficult to follow. Um, so, But I, w- I was really surprised at the cost of just loading. Like, it's as much as retail comics. And I would have expected they would have given you a little bit to, to kind of lure you in or something like that, you know. But Well, I mean... I part of it is I suppose you you don't get the you don't get the 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 piece of like actual material so you can't you don't, you don't get a collectible mm-hmm. uh, but you don't have to go to the comic book store to get your thing so right. I don't know which is worse right yeah I don't know uh, so yeah I, I think. I don't know. So why don't you think Google would do this? You think they just don't care to play in that space? Yeah, I don't think that that right now that that's a space that they're really interested in. And I'm talking more about the YouTube property, the people running YouTube yeah. instead of the people running Google. But I don't know. It seems seems like a logical conclusion for me to that YouTube would want to lure cable quality shows. I think YouTube gets so many viewers of other stuff that they don't need to have something to bring in a whole bunch of. They other gotta viewers. care about. How many hours their typical user is not watching YouTube and watching other video instead? They but they get, that. I mean, they have, like, what they've been doing is they've been, you know, partnering with personalities and partnering with uh, with various people to, to, to make their own channels where they do little shows and stuff like that. And then that just pulls in, they're getting it, you know, in a more piecemeal fashion, but they're getting plenty of money. I mean, I don't know whether they're making enough money to, to offset their, their, um, you know their, their costs, but I don't know how if any of them are right now. Right. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I see it as a sure thing it's going to happen, but I don't want to beat a dead horse. What else you got? Um, Kimmy Schmidt ended really funny. I love it. Kimmy Schmidt, good show. <laughs> John Hamm does comedy well, like you said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Such a good role for him to play in <laughs> that he played there. I mean, he's a. He's a big comedy nerd. He was a big part. He was in the uh, like the L.A. comedy scene, not not being a comedian, but he was like just sort of a, a friend of them mm-hmm. for a long time. Well, before he got that part, so he was known in right. that scene. Um, see, everyone, yeah, the, John Hamm does very well with comedy. <laughs> he made some good points. Yeah, I really think so. I wanted to talk a little bit about 
the dis the disassociative effects of s- certain psychedelic drugs, like um, LSD and mushrooms, and uh, and I've heard of of ones I haven't really tried, like uh, salvia. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's very hard to explain, but I'm gonna give it a, a shot. Because it's it's just it's something that you're definitely not used to encountering. But I was having a conversation with someone and, and they were interpreting what they had as like a religious experience. And while I can see how someone gets there, I think that it's, they're missing the point of what it is they're actually experiencing. So it's disassociative in the fact in in the sense that you, particularly for very strong ones, you can kind of lose your sense of self to a, in a way. you Your perceptions kind of get unmoored from what you're used to seeing and from what you're used to, how things are used to progressing. This is accompanied by several other things. So it's it's hard. There's like, there, there's bodily feelings that you have and there's, sometimes a fogginess or sometimes a weird like waving there's lots of different things that are happening at at the same time but a lot of times and I noticed this you know when I got very high on on mushrooms or uh, the the toadstool mushrooms which are an even stronger version than the psilocybin that normally have um, you kind of feel like you're you 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 get this sense that you're seeing something beyond what you're used to seeing. You're you're seeing. Uh, you feel very connected to other things, is one example. Uh, you feel connected to other life, and you need other non-life. You feel. Uh, it it feels like, it can feel like there's something else out there that appears to be watching you and or being at peace with you loving you that sort of thing that sounds very religious right here's the deal when you're on the psychedelics it's kind of like if I took this computer and I, instead of looking at the monitor, I looked at the code that was going into the monitor to see what was, look at the code. It would look really strange to me because it wasn't being translated correctly. Mm-hmm. But I would feel like there were some patterns of some sort that I was supposed to see. And... I might see like an effect of something like this. It's as it's a kind of a poor analogy. I'm trying to figure out a better way to put it, but it's like seeing the, the triangle code that goes into a graphics game when you're playing it, as opposed to seeing the actual monitor, you're seeing stuff that is normally your brain kind of filters out. Your brain evolved in a certain way. And probably when we were babies, we see a whole bunch of crap that, that our, our brain eventually learns to filter out. And you take this stuff 
and your brain starts to see stuff that is normally filtered out from your perceptions. But here's the thing. What is that feeling of connection? And what is that thing that you feel that's like another person? That's you. Okay. That's you. You having a perception of your consciousness. And it's radically different because, like I said, it's disassociative. You, you, your perceptions are disassociating from your consciousness. But you're feeling this sort of all-togetherness. Well, that's both your perceptive way of collecting other things and seeing them as patterns. And that's also you having your perceptions somewhat distance from your actual consciousness and so the thing that loves you and is a part of everything in you that's your consciousness that you're feeling you you actually get separated from that and sort of feel that as a, in a different way it's not god it's just you right sure there's a story i heard uh on i heard it before on radio lab but i guess uh have you ever heard of uh, dr oliver Sachs? Yes. He recently, he's just retired because he recently was diagnosed with liver cancer or something like that. And he's kind of living out the rest of his life, doing what he wants, not doing his thing anymore. But he's told a story about, I guess he's had a history with psychedelics and things like that. Did quite a lot mm-hmm. in the 60s and 70s. And uh, I guess one time he was high and he decided he wanted to see indigo. You know, and he manifested this color that was obviously indigo. You know, it was there for a few seconds and it went away. And, you know, and, you know, it was, you know, like, kind of like what you're talking about, where he, he wanted it to happen, but it's not God, right? It's yeah. just the drugs. And then, you know, there was one other time, like, years and years later, when he was sober at the art museum and he just got a splotch of indigo that came back, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's uh, just the flashback thing. Yeah. Which is, I remember when I was a kid, I was really nervous. You know, we heard about flashbacks, and I thought, "Oh, you're going to be lost. You know, going to be walking down the streets, and, and you're going to be stuck in an LSD trip for, for two hours." No, that's not how flash. It's just you, you're looking at something, and you will, it will, because your memory remembers those things, and it will, you know, hit a certain neuron. You'll be able to, oh yeah, <laughs> be able to sort of see something that you saw while you were tripping. I see. No, no big deal. Um, marijuana is a very uh it's not a narcotic it's kind of silly to call it a narcotic it's it's a it's a very low uh low power psychedelic i think that's how you would probably best define it as much as you can define these things i see so if you ever uh, do shrooms again or something look for look for indigo see if you can manifest it Manifest a color that doesn't exist. Well, that's why he wanted to see it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, you know, that's why he wanted to see it. Yeah. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> Mushrooms are great. They're really fun. I'd... I've never had the opportunity, so. They're super fun. Cool. Don't have anything else. All right. Um, I was in New York City. How was New York City? New York City was fucking awesome, (laughs) as New York City tends to be. Um, 
Got there, went to Newark, took the train into the city, got to see, you could see the giant uh, Freedom Tower thing, mm-hmm, yeah. just about to open. Uh, went to Penn Station, kind of stayed in that area, didn't really get around too much, I wasn't there very long. Uh, had lunch at Rattle and Hum, did our event at a place called Stout, which had a pretty good selection. Kind of small crowd in New York, just like the same problem Saver has, right? There's just too much shit to do. Yeah. It's hard to corner people after work to get them to not, you know, miss their train and go to a beer thing. Uh, in Boston, we had a great turnout. Um, full room. People are really interested in what I was presenting about beer and uh, asking lots of questions. It was, it was it was what they all should have been. The Boston one was fantastic. Boston's a good town. I went to Cambridge Brewing Company for lunch. Their beers were fantastic. I had um, Topaz IPA. Delicious, you know, very interesting flavor from the topaz hops. I had a sour stout, barrel aged sour stout that was, oh my god, so good. <laughs> and then they had a breaded beer. Um, I forget, I forget what it was called, but it was really good too. So I mean, I had rock solid beers at Cambridge Brewing Company, and then right down the street there's a place called Mead Hall, which is like right at MIT. Right by a couple of the biogen companies that we were targeting, and um, or bio bio uh, biotech companies, I mean, and uh, people showed up. Great beer selection, and uh, got to uh, the last beer. You know, because we're kind of doing big swaps, right? So multi hoppy, estery, robust, and sour. For sour, I got to pick the Saint Louis Goose. So yeah, <laughs> yummy, yummy. <laughs> Some people didn't like it, but they only had a tiny little sample. So, mm. that, yeah, that's a probably a tough one. It, it's a pretty, pretty, pretty yeah. sharp one. Yeah. Flew home, and that was my New York Boston trip. It's a shame to only be in New York for. Uh, yeah. Did you get any like falafel or anything like that? I, I didn't. So we went to Rattle and Hum, and I was thinking about stopping at that papaya dog to get another corn dog right <laughs> on the corner there. But we had just eaten, and there was going to be food at the event. So, I mean, I had plenty to eat. Mm-hmm. No opportunity to really go eat more. After the event, we all went as a group to some ritzy rooftop bar near the Empire State Building. And there's one of these places that has a queue outside. And like, do you got the reservations? I'm like, no, we don't have the reservations. Okay, go stand in the queue. And then after about 15 minutes or so, the dude at the front of the queue is like, you got reservations? Like, no. He's like, well, you're not going to get in. And like, no <laughs> one's come. No one really had come or left since while we were standing there. And he's like, and then one of the guys was like, so we should leave? He's like, yeah, you should leave. And uh, meanwhile, at the same time, one of the other sales guys, Peter, was, I don't know what he worked. I don't know if he paid the guy off or what. And we're like we're starting to walk down the sidewalk. He's like, oh, you're with Peter. Oh, you guys can go right in. <laughs> so we went up on the rooftop bar and there was like it was wasn't empty but I mean there was enough space up there so you're I, like what's the I, I think they just do this you know this is New York they do this shit uh, people walk by see a line outside right yeah either get in line or they let the hot chicks eat. yeah it's, it's just a typical thing and meanwhile I'm like I don't what a beer. I just want to go to another... You know, Ginger Man's like a block and a half away. Let's go there. Yeah. 
Oh. And they had they had a couple craft beers, but I mean, nothing nothing too hot. That so. was when you went bourbon, right? You yeah, said? I yeah. went bourbon. And took a the bouncer, a bunch of like cute girls were having the bouncer take the picture of them with the Empire State Building in the background. So, so me and one of the SEs, Gene Carlo, uh, went over and had him get take a couple's picture of us. It's fun. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and you only, you didn't get home until Friday, ten or so. Yeah. Why? Why was well that? ten in the morning? Was there a problem or would... No, no. no. I mean, it was flight... So it was Wednesday in New York, Thursday in Boston, and it flew up Friday morning. So it was 10 a.m. when I got in. That Mm -hmm. was the thing that was too late to do whatever. Not 10 p.m., but 10 a.m. Why was that too late? I didn't want to start another flight. (laughs) When you you chose the wrong (laughs) co-host... All right, let's go drink some beers. Let's drink some beers.